God, welcome to RLM TV. Hope you're having a blessed day in the glory. Amen. Welcome back to obliterating the religious demon out of your life permanently in Jesus' name. So we're doing a five-part series on breaking free from the religious spirit. And the only reason why is because God told us so, because that's the main thing plaguing the people right now, is they're being tempted to go back into religion do's and don'ts from what they heard from the the revelations that have come from God's throne and turning the revelations from his throne his living word into some kind of do and don't slavery apart from the Holy Spirit and apart from his glory and apart from his freedom and apart from his fruitfulness so you can actually take God's word and then depart from the vine now if we study the scriptures The main murderers and opponents of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, were the teachers of the Bible. That's what Pharisees, scribes, teachers of the law, teachers of the law meant, teachers of Moses, teachers of Torah. So that was the only Bible they had back then. The New Testament hadn't been written. So the main murderers of God when he came to earth, understand this now, were Bible teachers. (laughs) And I know that doesn't surprise most of you, but it it still should shake you up that the main opposition to God is the teaching about God. And we see that everywhere when we read the Gospels. And so we're trying to break free from man's opinion about everything. Because you notice when revelation comes, people will often have some kind of rebuttal. They'll have some kind of additional argument or even their own interpretation their own two cents we call it as a slang saying in our culture what's your two cents about this that and the other thing and it's not actual agreement with the revelation that has come from his throne Mm -hmm. that's the religious spirit that's that's the leaven that leavens the whole lump which is you haven't made any room for the good teaching that comes from god because you're full of your human opinions about everything and so in order to demolish those arguments that 2 Corinthians 10.5 calls strongholds. These are demonic buildings in the invisible realm that hold souls captive so that they're ever seeing but never perceiving, ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they'd come into a repentance into truth. So you have to have ears that hear, eyes that see in order to repent, Jesus Christ said in the gospel. How do we get that type of vision? How do we get that type of hearing? Revelation says the same thing. Let him who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit says to the churches. 
Those ears, guys, it's a posture of humility and teachableness. It's not valuing the human teaching, the human opinion, even the human soul, the human ability as anything other than a worthless manure pile. Understand Apostle Paul's testimony. He actually uses the Greek slang word for manure, which accurately translates today as shit. I count my former life as a teacher of the Bible as a pile of shit. It's actually what it says in Greek, in Scripture. There's swear words. Some of you don't know this, but there are swear words written in Scripture out of the mouths of the apostles and the prophets. You hear this kind of language from Ezekiel. We're not going to go into there. We've already covered that significantly in the past to break people free out of religion back then. But you need to understand that Paul was equating his human ability and his human reasoning about God and all the things that have come from God, the Torah of Moses, 30 years studying as a Pharisee, memorizing the whole Bible, a student under Gamaliel. He calls himself a Pharisee of Pharisees. You could say, well, that's really insulting. No, that means a doctorate of divinity. Let's, let's be real here. He was saying, my doctorate in divinity from the best Bible college in the entire earth I count it, and then he used the word shit. If you can't do that with your human reasoning and all of the education that you have as a human being, you're not going to have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit's saying. Because it's the human interpretation of the divine will that is the fortification of the religious spirit. Guys, it's everywhere. In fact, all the circumcisions of the membranes you'll ever receive going up 10 worlds into the 11th will be circumcisions of religion. So this is not just a one-time thing you can tune in and just be set free and be perfect. This is a lifelong journey of circumcising your heart and ascending the ladder of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Sephirot in his holy righteous Kabbalah, which is his commandments from the heavens. And then as you rise, allowing him to prune away the human interpretation of everything. So it's very much being engrafted. Romans 11 uses the term engrafted. On average, engraftation takes like 10 years. <laughs> so this microwave quick fix Christianity is from the devil. It is going to be a process that you will submit all of your time, will, and energy, and your finances, and your marketplace, and your family, and your existence to serving God because He's worthy. You know, and then you come to a place after doing this process that I'm explaining to you for years and years and years, and Song of Solomon says, it doesn't even feel like a sacrifice anymore. In fact, I'm thoroughly enjoying being engrafted into Jesus Christ. So you got to get over it's a painful sacrifice, so it's so hard to do what's right. No, you're just, that's the evil of your foreskin nature that you haven't put to the sword yet. Because once you really cut that stuff up, it's not hard. It's easy and light. But if you're of mm -hmm. the, the foreskin and membrane, Jesus Christ said it's not easy kicking against the pricks. So he said it's not easy kicking against the pricks, but he said my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So you have two different scenarios there. The spiritual child of humility gets the easy and light. 
But the solitarsis, the human interpretation of the divine will, the human Bible teacher gets the kick in against the pricks. So it's really those two paths, the paths of the human pretender of the divine and the path of the real crucified with Christ's life. And that's been a real revelatory point the last 24 hours is that the preaching of the cross includes all the ascension. In fact, the rejection of the ascension is the denying of the cross of Christ. Amen. Paul says it's not just in the termination of his death. He says it's the suffering, it's the death, that passion, it's Gethsemane, it's the sweating of the blood. It is the, the cat of nine tails on his back. By his stripes we are healed. It is his crucifixion on the cross. It is his death. And it is his burial. And it is his resurrection. But it's not just that. It's also the resurrection plus the ascension. All of that together is the apostolic doctrine called the cross. Okay? The cross is that entire picture that I just painted, the suffering, the whippings, the beating, the Gethsemane, the Passion Street, the, the walking up to Calvary, the climbing the mountain, the, the crucifixion on Golgotha, and then Nicodemus burying him and sealing him in the tomb with the spices and with the embalmment and the resurrection and the angels and the visitations and Acts 1, which is the ascension where his apostles, men of Galilee, why are you staring at the clouds? He had already gone. So they kept, they were so bewildered that they just kept staring into the sky after he was long raptured. In a split second, like a lightning flash, he was ascended to the right hand of God because he is the creator of the path of lightnings. So he knows how to sprint. And it reminds me of one of Rebecca's experiences where she saw Jesus sprinting in his sandals, those traditional oh, yeah. sandals, and she was astonished by how fast he was. And was she, shocking. <laughs> she said that faster than Usain Bolt. Seriously. <laughs> it was astonishing. I was like, and those sandals, really? Like, it's amazing. I couldn't believe it. And then I was surprised when I saw later on <laughs> when he was showing me the, you know, the Jesus dash. If you are uh, in the master class, you know what that is. The top of a world. There's only one location in a world that you can make multiple steps in one day. And that is the Bina Hakma Keter. It's not always possible, uh, but it's only possible because those three are actually one. Technically, when you go beyond that veil, that's holy of holies of that world. And so, mystically, they are one. The three are one. It represents the Trinity. So there's a oneness to them. That's why it's possible. It's like, think about it this way. The law of gravity, can you change it on the earth? Just in the natural realm in a normal life, no. But when you go into space, uh, the gravity changes. It doesn't mean that the gravity, the law of gravity doesn't exist anymore. You're just at a different elevation, uh, farther away from that pole. And so what that is, is when you go behind that double veil of the Holy of Holies of that world, which is that jump from Hesed to Bina, when you enter in there, it's a little bit different atmosphere, and it, it is much different atmosphere. You feel that when you cross over, it's a much holier place. And it is about sanctifying whatever part of your soul 
corresponds with that world and what the Father is working on to change in you, it's about being made holy. So as you go up, that part of you is being sanctified. You're being renewed to the holiness of Jesus Christ formed within you. And it's a special place. So because of that, it's possible to do those, those three can be done in one day. I don't recommend it unless you have serious revelation. Most of the worlds, we've done them just one at a time very thoroughly. But there have been a couple of times in some of the earlier worlds, from or even you know, some of the higher worlds, if I see the Lord. Now, how do you know if you're going to do it or not? Well, first ask and then see what the answer is. Which means if you're asking God in prayer and you're not hearing an answer, don't do it because you're not hearing him. If you're not hearing him, you're not seeing him. Or if you are susceptible still to those kind of church age charismatic lying visions that are like the gift the gifts of the spirit of those external visions the people see all these visions you know some people you know your kids are saying we're seeing this and that and it's always these weird dark visions or even if they're good they just go go weird right it's just using that bewitched uh, mentality attached to the gift of the spirit the gifts of the spirit are good but when you're just using them as a bewitched person or using them as an uncircumcised person or you go back into using the technon gifts in your brain instead of connecting to the river, which is full vision, you know, sprouting your wings in Tifra of that world, getting the wing upgrades, which is always a vision upgrade. The vision upgrades in the speculum that shines of Tifra is always a vision upgrade. So, you know, if we regress back into the old gifts and we're just seeing all these different things and worrying about these different visions, you're just in the church age. And so that's a temptation for a lot of people who came out of a really heavy bewitchment and the manipulation of the gifts of the spirit. That can be really deceiving because then you're seeing things that aren't real. Those are vain imaginations. They're not spiritual visions. And so it's just important to get that right. It takes time to get used to the cosmos when you come out of the intense bewitchment and those mystic abilities and secret sa uh, secrets of Satan in Jezebel's Tower, which is rampant in the glorious dream. So un it's unfortunate, but it does take time, and it can be cured, and you're cured by what? Getting out of your head and down through the heart into the spirit, renewed in the spirit of your mind, right? The rainbow mind of Christ. It's not, it's not those fleeting visions. You see them, and you start worrying about what's attacking you, or you start going on to these grandiose visions and telling everyone, I saw this, and I saw that, and da 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 but there's no fruit, right? And it's just, it's not maturity, it's babyhood. And so we have to leave behind the babyhood. Why? Because it's manipulated. You want to have that solid rock of that steel of Shekinah, that solid substance. What's the solid rock on which we stand? The spirit of Jesus Christ within us. Yes, he's like the river. Yes, he's like oil. He's like oil. He's like the rain. What? It's like mm. the solid substance. It's so good. The, the born-again spirit is like living steel. And so you really need to lean into him and his spirit within you. And so even if our ruah of our spirit resembles 
the steel, Shekinah, because that's the substance you're made out of in your inner man. We can't lean on our own spirit. That's actually the source of where people get even more bewitched. They get God inside minded and get more bewitched and more deceived. Why? If they finally get plugged into the river of God on the inside, and we learn to lean on our own ruah, we're going to be twice as deceived. Because again, our ruah is still not God. We can go up worlds, and we must still lean on Christ. So what does that mean? We don't neglect the inner man. We take care of the inner man. We don't neglect our body. We take care of the body. But the uncreated light that is God, he is the father of lights. To father lights, you have to be made up of light. We see in all creation, all of creation produces after its own kind. Fish produce more fish. You know, mammals produce mammals. Humans produce more humans. The seed of an apple tree produces apple trees. Now you can hy hybrid, you know, crossbreed, you know, different, they do different funny things with genetics now. Putting fish genetics in the tomato plants so that it can weather a storm or something like that. Or resist the frost. Whatever it is, they do some weird stuff. But the father's genetics reproduces after his kind, which is light. And so understand that not all of creation has the father's genetics. The trees you see out there, not the father's genetics, no. Nope. He created them, yes. Are his fingerprints all over it? Yes. But just like if your mother planted a bush in the backyard, in the garden, and then she also had you as a son or a daughter, if you looked at that bush in the backyard and said, oh, that's my brother. Everyone would know that you had gone crazy, that you'd lost your mind. <laughs> that's not your brother. That's not your sister. That's the bush. Okay. Just a basic common spiritual sense, which means what? Out of all of God's creation, who has his genetics? You do. We're made in his image. The God's sperm seed, which is the deposit of the Holy Spirit, contains his genetics. And when you're born again, you're recreated in his image. Why do we need that? Because the image that man and woman were originally created in God's image was fallen. It's messed up. Not really his image. The image that you are born into into this world is fallen. What does that mean? Your nature reflects the fallen angel nature. That's the image of the fallen angels. So from birth, your nature, your way of thinking and behaving is on autopilot to sin, to believe lies, to tell lies, to self-defend, you know, and deflect, and, you know, the narcissistic behavior, the gaslighting, all that stuff. Where do you think that came from? Satan, the fallen angels. Where did that seed come from? It came from Satan. His seed perpetuating in the fallen human race. 
So how do you get your image restored back to the image of the Father? Which is his likeness, the reflecting of the image of Bill. Did you know that's what praise is? Did you know that praise is the reflecting of the image above, which is the Father? So your ability to reflect his nature is your praise. We open our mouth, we sing praise. Yeah, he likes that too. But what gives it value, what gives it substance, is that you're going after the ability to reflect his nature. Did you know that's why they wear those shiny things on their hands in heaven during the praise to reflect the glory? What is that a picture of? What are in his hands, the left hand and the right hand? In the Bible, what's in the left hand and the right hand? In the Sephirot, what is that? You know, the gold and the silver. Don't just carnal mind go into money, you know, gold and silver. Yes, it, the kingdom is full of riches, but let's go deeper. What is it? What are you reflecting in his nature? Praise is all of you being more and more able to reflect him. The soul is likened to a mirror in the metaphorical, metaphorical speech, in the word, and in the spirit. So what does that mean? When you circumcise your souls, you cleanse the mirror. When the mirror is clean and spotless and not dark anymore, right? Prophecy is what? Like a dart? We see like through a dark mirror or a dark glass. It's not clear. When it is clear, who can stretch out the heavens, the firmament, like a bronze mirror, like to reflect the heat of the glory of the heavens? Who can do that? Soul circumcision as you rise, that heals creation. As this continues in the small company, people doing it will heal creation because it's not humans <laughs> doing it. It's literally Christ being formed in you through obedience to the word of God and his Holy Spirit. It's a change in your nature. It's returning to God, returning to the Father, restoring his image. And because the way the world works your world that you live in like your own little bubble and the whole world itself is largely made from it's the projection through human souls what does that mean when there's sin in human souls it casts shadows demons live and dwell in those shadows and they take dominion over the earth and over the skies and city groups when there's certain sins in cities principalities sit there in the church age you had to change the heart of the whole city. That's why when the apostles would go into the midst of the city and preach in that city, it was to turn the hearts of the people so you could knock the principality out. But it had to be that, you know, they would they would go and argue and, and speak to the people with the words that the Spirit would give them to turn their hearts. Because if you could turn enough hearts in a city, you could knock out the principality. Well, what did Jesus come to do? What was the New Testament? So the Old Testament was a shadow of things to come. And then we find that the New Testament was a shadow of things to come. What is that? That's the kingdom age. That's the eternal covenant. The original ten utterances of creation. The original law of love. Why did the apostles say, I wish we could go on to the advanced things of Christ? But we can't. You need milk. You need, it's the babyhood of the bride of Christ in the new covenant. And so the kingdom age is stepping into the eternal covenant and you can find that more in detail in the master class if you want to take that and do a study but understand when there's no more shadows the light of God that's continually creating creation 
He says in the end of Revelation, I am continually coming, right? It's a continuous verb. When those shadows are gone, and it's the light of the Creator, the shadows of the foreskin and membranes are gone, and then the shadows of the way that you think in the old way is gone. And all of that gets obliterated, cleansing from the inside out. It's going to be the design of Adam, Adama, right? Male and female, he created them, Adam. What is that? That's the continuous nourishment and bounty that comes down from above to heal the earth, to have a perfect earth or a new earth, which is a new creation. He's continually creating. And the old is going to be rolled up like a garment and thrown away. And the new is going to come down like a scroll, like a wave. You've seen it like a wave. And so these things, they come in waves, but then there is also a big wave. So how do you be prepared for that? Well, number one, get to the ark. <laughs> get to the ark. Which is Christ, the son of righteousness. And get to know Christ within your spirit. You see the river of Elijah. What did Elijah come to do? The spirit of Elijah and John the Baptist, what was he told that the, by the angel that, the, that he would do? That this child being born, John the Baptist, would do? The spirit of Elijah. One of those items in the word of God, it says that he would soften the hearts of the adults to become like children again. So if you can tenderize your heart to the spirit of Elijah, that's kind of your first step because you have to enter in the kingdom like a child. That's what the Lord said. Enter in like a child, how? You've got to open up your heart, open up your mind, your eyes, your ears, your senses to the river of Elijah. And that mantle is in this ministry. So when you're tender-hearted, you can enter in like a child. What is that, the kingdom? It's Malkut in the Aramaic, Malkut. So for you to enter into Malkut of holiness, you have to enter in like a child, which requires the softening of the heart, which is when you hear the river, the spirit of Elijah, the preaching and teaching of purity and righteousness. Elijah, Sandalphon, Enoch, Metatron, cosmic ascension starts in you, within you, in the secret stairway of the heart. And that's that spiral staircase of Solomon's temple, that inner secret chamber where you can rise into the holy of holies and dwell with God in communion with God. And that's where you'll find the peace of God, the voice of God. He guides you with his eye. He shows you the way. Here's the way. Walk in it. It's very important. Do you understand Genesis 28, Jacob's ladder? Well, Solomon's temple was the building of Jacob's ladder. Do you know that? The purpose of the temple was that that ladder would be built for people of faith to then climb it and go into the heavens through the temple. So that's why the ladder is so significant, and that's why the spirit of Sheba was taken out of her because she went up the ladder. Who knows what kind of vision she saw? You can ask her in heaven when you go there. But that reality, guys, is being built in your hearts. 
So there's a Mount Carmel confrontation in your hearts. It's a ladder confrontation. It's a mountain confrontation. It's Carmel confrontation with the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah, which is demolishing. You notice most of the theme of what the Spirit of Christ has been saying to help charismatic believers through this ministry, through this apostleship the last several months, was the demolishing of the false prophet. That's Mount Carmel showdown inside you. It's really you facing all the charismatic bewitchment, all the self-inspiration, all the fallen angels. I mean, it's coming to grips that you are being continuously lied to by one-third of the angels and by all men and women. Okay, that's what Scripture says. All men are liars. All women are liars. And at the same time, there's good news. The good news is when you're not being lied to. And these are ones who have the cross, which means the, the man and woman factor is still there, but is lesser than a person that has no cross. Understand, now the temple has the stairway in it. And what is the temple? 1 Corinthians six nineteen, your body is. The, the, that means the stairway to heaven, all of Jacob's ladder now, according, this is what the new covenant is, people, is now inside the temple <laughs> of the Holy Spirit. You have the ladder, you have the stairway, you got it all, guys, and now it's time to awaken to Christ in you, the hope of realizing the glory. It's time to awaken to it, and Christ will shine on you. Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead. What, how do you think you rise from the dead? By awaking from sleep. The Bible says, Christ shining on you. That shining on you is God's own genetics. There is no true light except God within a believer's spirit. You see that throughout the entire scriptures. They were a light. What did Jesus Christ say about John the Baptist? He was a great light. That's the testimony of Messiah, maker of heaven and earth, of his cousin, Elizabeth's son, John the Baptist. He was a great light in Israel. Okay? Why do you think he was great light? Because his spirit had so much of God's word working and he was doing the will of God. He was not just going to synagogue like the 10 million Jews in Israel in his day. He was out there on the front lines making sure the synagogue was in their hearts. Oh, that's going to melt someone. <laughs> oh, man. The true high priest, he had... Always the desire to, to not build these buildings out here, to not do religion, but to reconnect the people and their heart to God. And, and so doing the will of God, like John the Baptist did, being that great light, was that ability to connect the heart with the Father. The Spirit of Elijah will restore the children to the Father, it is written. And so that's really what el the, the Elijah mantle is, is getting people out of religion, getting people out of those blockages and those mindsets. If you study scripture, what did Elijah do in the gospel? He got them out of church. Let's be real. Anyone that was baptized by John was mm -hmm. threatened by the Pharisees to be excommunicated from the synagogue. The spirit of Elijah got people by the thousands out of church. Now, you, you hear the religious spirit through all these pastors saying, you need to go to church. You need to, go. No, you need to go get out of church. 
the you need to get into the freedom <laughs> of the Holy Ghost. The spirit of Elisha is the exact opposite of most of these pastors. Camel hair, wild man. They said he was a wild you man. You need to get into the river out of the church because that's what Elijah did in Scripture. What about fellowship? There's fellowship out of the church. Yeah. There's fellowship in the river. I actually met uh, this. I actually met Elijah. <laughs> I'll tell you. Speaking of fellowship, I did get to. I'll tell you. Want to talk about fellowship with Elijah? Oh man, I was freaking out. <laughs> I gotta tell you, he is a wild man. That is an underestimate. He is a wild man. He was still rocking the camel hair look, but his his hair it was wild, and his eyes looked wild. Like his eyes looked like lightning. His eyes look like lightning. He was walking toward me and just, I don't know if someone could really march toward you. It would have been terrifying if I didn't know he was a witness in the cloud. Just, I mean, his very aggressive personality. Very just rugged, very wild. Un, I, I think the religious people would consider him unruly. But I think he's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Just like 10 out of 10 Cloud of Witnesses, fantastic. And just the, the intensity, the rawness. Like, I think his intensity comes from knowing what the battle takes. Because he faced against the worst principality in the valley. And so he has that look of that intensity. And. I saw him blow, he had like a horn, a horn of oil, but he could blow it and it like started shooting lightning and lightning would start coming down, lightning striking everywhere. But just rugged, intense, probably would get kicked out of your local church for being too aggressive. Not very nice, nice. <laughs> I can see why him and ruthless Enoch Ruthless righteousness would get along perfectly. Yes, do they have that aspect of them that's very calm and very gentle and caring? Yes. You know, even Enoch helps out with a lot of the children in heaven, those who go to heaven before they have a chance to grow up in the earth. All kinds of things like that. But the intensity, I mean, the battle regalia of who they are. It's so valuable in the kingdom to have that because you're living in a wicked generation and a lot of people are wicked. We know the devil is wicked. All those demons, they're wicked. And even those people who will be saved, you know, some people commit murder and then they get saved later on. It's preferable if you aren't the one getting murdered by them before they get saved. I'm just going to drop that there for somebody. There's some wisdom to not get beaten up, to not get murdered by these people before either they convert or before they get taken out, right? We want you to have a safe journey through the cosmos. The Father wishes that none should perish. So there's some discipline. Sometimes there's going to be that intensity of Elijah, the wild man with his camel hair and the lightning telling you what you don't want to hear and you might be terrified. He looks like he's coming to attack you. Well, guess what? 
there's protection in the severity of rebuke. If an apostle is at the point of severely rebuking you, it's because they are desperate to protect you from imminent danger. So I just understand kingdom things so we're not just little children who don't know, who don't have wisdom, who don't have understanding, who don't have you know, the experience, or you're getting the experience, you need to have the wisdom to understand the kingdom of God, the things of God. The human fallen reaction, human nature, is always to react the wrong way, right? People run when they should stay, and people stay when they should run. That's the wrong nature. The, that wrong nature wants to say no when it should say yes. And it wants to say yes when it should say no. It always does the wrong thing. That's really good in Enoch. It says all wrongdoing shall cease in the earth, which really means that the flesh and the impulse of the flesh will be controlled instead of by the fallen angels, but, but by the genetics of God's Holy Spirit. Amen. And all the holy angels working in the temple and the impulses that are going to be in your genetics, your spiritual and your natural genetics, that's going to be the divine design, that original plan, God's DNA. And now you have the DNA of Jesus Christ, it's his seed, which is what he came in the flesh. So he actually pioneered the way to glorify the physical body to merge it with the spirit and I feel some fire there going up the back of my head it's that stairway so the stairway has to do with the genetics and I think this is important this is a little highlight here I want to read this to you this was this is an older post from 2020 but I want you to connect the stairway we talked about the stairway and the DNA but it's a journey with Jesus Christ it's about his life being formed within you. And what did he do? You know, he still has a physical body today, right now. He still has that same body. Well, it's the new body. It's transformed. <laughs> he was raised from the dead. He literally has a physical body. Mary's DNA looks a little different, but it still came right out of the woman's womb. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so it's that's that pretty same. wild. Think about God wearing uh, flesh mm -hmm. out of his mother Mary's yeah. womb, being completely encapsulated in the DNA mm -hmm. of, a, of a Jewish woman, and he still has he still's got it. Still has that today. Isn't yeah. that awesome? I think about that sometimes. You know, he's still got the scars. He can show you the marks in his hand <laughs> where he was crucified. Like, check it out. Yeah, you know, he's got glorified. DNA and a body that was born in a woman, physical, natural woman on the earth. And he pioneered the way for your spiritual and moral resurrection, which we talked about that in the Shema. Prepare yourself spiritually and morally for that sixth Shema for the red rose soul. It also talks about in the New Testament, spiritual and moral. I'm going to start to drool a little bit right now. Mm -hmm. That's really strong. Prepare yourself. <laughs> Spiritually and morally. I'm, a, I'm starting to drill ministry. <laughs> starting to drill. 
glory. When the glory gets strong like that, yeah. It's nice. <laughs> when he turns up the glory, we don't say no. Amen. We say yes, Lord. We say, what do we say? More, Lord. <laughs> yeah. He's in charge of the medicine. Yeah, especially when your neighbor is getting electrocuted and you just laugh at them and say, more, Lord, when they're like, mm, yeah. <laughs> it's like really intense for them. And they just like, just mm. kind of laugh at him like, more. <laughs> and they're like, no. <laughs> Baptism of fire. Mm, I love it. It's great. We want more, Lord. Tortured by his goodness. <laughs> Tortured by his goodness <laughs> ministries. Mm, amen. <laughs> Rama. Rama. Okay. So since this is really nice. We're coming out of the religious demon. Mm. So this is from, this is a really great one from uh, 2020. And this is all related. This is the Holy Ghost highlight. This is why we're reading this. <laughs> I just woke up from Joel's bar. The last thing I remember was the Bob Jones going to heaven song. That'll do it. <laughs> you listen to that and then go to heaven. I'm like, surprise, it worked. I had I that thing on repeat that. for six months. Probably went through it 10,000 times. It's on SoundCloud. It's on YouTube. I, I did like a YouTube video to MP3 download and then put it on my Apple Cloud. Mm -hmm. So I had it on all my mobile devices too. and just So good. We'll share that. We shared that in the uh, Facebook group. If you're not involved in the Facebook group, uh, join it. Mm -hmm. We just require your email. You can't have a fake name and you ha right. can't have a picture of yourself because no fake no profiles, fake no spam bots, yeah. no. None of these no fake crap. accounts, no none of these overzealous weird accounts that's like super lion eagle fire and they just have a picture of a, of a lion on fire as their profile. Yeah, you will be blocked. Listen, man, you're, you're, <laughs> if you're ashamed of who you are and just covering up with some religious charismatic stuff, you ain't ready for the latter yet. You got a lot of stuff you need delivered with. It's time to really bring everything into the light, including your person, your name, and stop being afraid of everything and just getting real. That really helps tremendously. Mm -hmm. That that level of vulnerability that is required in order to grow and not hiding behind anything. Like so many guys, it's like 50% of the charismatic people on Facebook. They won't even reveal a picture of themselves. It's just eagles and lions and a, a woman in a it's dress holding a sword. You know how it is, you know? Right, yeah. It, it, that needs to change. I mean, we need to grow up and become spiritual adults. We need to be wise businessmen. That stuff would never fly in the marketplace or in business. Don't LinkedIn. Thi Link, there, think LinkedIn profile. <laughs> it would never fly with God. If it will not uh, work in a professional business setting, your Christianity is not accurate. Okay, it's really that simple. God's a businessman, which means a lot mm -hmm. of this stuff is just nursery nonsense. And it's time for us to grow up and really right. mature and understand these things. Right. And also just like a word of wisdom and maturity. You want to make sure it's not like you know, kind of just getting away from the having your butts in the, you know, the bathroom pictures and butts and things like that. Yeah. If, the, if your genitalia is the highlight of your <laughs> Facebook profile picture, we're just, let's just move on to higher things. Curse okay? your lust. This is one of the funnest <laughs> tools that we have as royal, a royal priesthood. The ability to <laughs> curse evil spirits. Amen. Curse oh my it. gosh. Anything you curse will remain cursed. It is written. Anything you bless will be blessed. It is written. Therefore, you have the ability to forgive sins or withhold them. Okay. Open the heavens or close them. These are all tools that Jesus Christ gave his disciples in the Bible. 
one of these tools, guys, is really learning how to deal with the demonic. If there, if there isn't lust in your life, you'll be shocked of how easily it will disassemble and just crumble when you begin to curse it in the name of Jesus. And then not just curse the lust, but welcome and invite the virgin holiness of the mm. Lamb of God into your eyes and into your senses, into your heart. It is so dramatic. And a lot of your wrestling is just you didn't know how to use the tools that are available. A person that's sincere, anytime they curse a demon, it's obliterated. I mean, I, right. and if you're confronting it and it's in close proximity of you and it's not just something that's out there dealing with someone else's sin that has a legal right to be there, some of that stuff mm -hmm. won't move until you're high in the Sephirot. But if it's you in the wrestling of your own DNA and it's something in your own eyes, you have authority over that. Mm -hmm. You're co-laboring with Christ in those bodies as a spirit being that has a soul that lives in a body. So with you and Christ in there as a majority of one, if it's according to his will, and you know demolishing lust is always his will and bringing a greater mm -hmm. holiness, that holiness is the brightness of his genetics, by the way. Yep. To grow in brightness and to grow in light is holiness, and there's no other way. Without holiness, no mm -hmm. one will see it is written. Mm -hmm. So there's no vision until you learn how to curse and obliterate all the lust in the spirit, because you'll have that there in the conscience and in the soul and the feelings, emotions, and really in the eyes. Yeah. You can curse that stuff right out of your eyes. All of a sudden things start to sparkle. It might yeah. freak you people out because you come out of the matrix so quickly. Yeah. Because lust and immorality is really what holds souls in the matrix. Yep. That's the main thing they attack is they attack the holiness uh, because that's what's going to set you free. That's what's going to bring you higher. That's what is going to activate those divine genetics within you. And be on guard because the, we've talked about this before, but the, the more virgin your blood becomes, the more the enemy desires to have it. So you find that they start to hound you in all these different ways. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, if you were just a normal person exercising regular discipline, you might struggle, but you can just, you know, have the software on your computer, just not go certain places, you know, you just, whatever you do. You'll notice when you really go after holiness and you become virgin through circumcisions, they're like, they'll really come after you. So you have to fortify yourself. That's really a good principle to understand. The more valuable you are to God, also the mo more valuable you are to the enemy. Yep. For them to steal what you got, to attack you. They want you. that blood. That's why it's just relentless, guys. Mm -hmm. It's because if you are, are walking in the precious things of the Father, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven and the tools and the holiness and the garments, mm -hmm. and these are all the things the fallen angels wanted mm -hmm. and the reason why they fell. So, of course, they're going to attack relentlessly and through mm -hmm. any kind of deceived sinner they can use in the flesh and blood dimension as well. So that needs to be common sense understanding mm -hmm. for spiritual warfare. Right, and that's why I advise if you're a married couple and you're doing this together, as I know some of you are, you're going to need to just really walk in a lot of grace and a lot of forgiveness because think about it. Like if your, your husband or your wife is really going after holiness, guess what's going to be attacking them the most? They're going to be hounded. So just understand... You're going to need to pray for each other, protect each other, but also give a lot of grace because the only person who walked this <laughs> path perfectly is Jesus Christ. So don't become the demon in your relationship, mm -hmm. attacking and accusing. If someone makes a mistake, 
or maybe your husband makes a mistake, maybe your wife makes a mistake. The crucified life is actually giving them grace and forgiving them, mm-hmm. you know, forgiving them. Like, could you look at, look at this, have this standard. I don't think this is going to be your scenario, but this is the accurate crucified life. Could you be Jesus to your spouse if they cheated on you? Like the woman caught in adultery. And what, what did Jesus say? Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. So don't you ever, for a second, if your spouse is truly going for righteousness, ascension, circumcision, if they make some mistake, you better not be the Pharisee standing there with the stone or it's not going to go well for you. You're actually being the demon. Uh, just, you know, pray for your spouse. Protect them. Pray for your children. Protect them. The believing them. spouse consecrates yep. the unbelieving spouse, Corinthians mm-hmm. says. Which means your your light can actually wash over them continuously. Yep. And so if they actually enjoy being washed in your light because you're growing in holiness, that person probably in their spirit likes God, but their soul and their flesh really just aren't into it the yet. The flesh is weak. Just yeah. keep washing them. Paul says that's not ideal, but mm-hmm. they're not to separate from that type of person if they're allowing the light to wash mm-hmm. over them, if they're being consecrated by the believing mm-hmm. partner. Yep. So that's really good for those. You know, some of you, you have a spouse that's not really... Uh, going for it yet uh, but just keep patiently bearing the fruit because when you bear the fruit when you rise high enough it actually enforces change to happen it literally it, it has to happen it's not like church age below Christianity where you're just tormented all the time by an unbelieving spouse unbelieving believer <laughs> spouse it can't happen that's another reason I recommend getting into righteousness is it will force everyone in your life to change or they will be sovereignly removed by God and the holy angels. So, I mean, we've seen that happen. And we've seen that happen in so many people's lives. As they're going up, everything changes. But what has to happen? You have to bear the fruit of it. That's the rising. That's the fruitfulness of that tree that's rising. Yeah, the angels Mm -hmm. encountered the fall like uh, Vietnam veterans Mm -hmm. encountered Vietnam. Mm -hmm. So you wonder why they're so brutal towards demons and sin and so rigid in the righteousness Mm -hmm. because they were there and saw it just like, you know, combat veterans. They saw people die. Just like combat veterans. So it's so real to the angels. And that's why they're so serious with sin and the judgment Mm -hmm. because they want you to inherit a salvation very very far from all of that that belongs to the enemy and they carry a zeal from the throne of the father that's what energizes the holy angels and they're the ones who help you inherit salvation amen that's so good so i'm going to read this here this is our holy ghost highlight for the divine dna genetic activation and i think your mind is going to be renewed because this is one of the keys the mind being renewed to the things of the spirit is that critical component for the divine DNA. It's the renewed mind, being renewed in the spirit of your mind. It's a key component of receiving your new body, which is what being clothed in or putting on immortality, being raised from the dead while yet in the body. And I know some people like the religious spirit doesn't like that because they would not like you to walk in it. But if that's something that God's already spoken to you about, and maybe that's one of the reasons you know you found this channel, 
you found this ministry was you were seeking for things that God was speaking to you about. He was speaking to you, you know, come up here. He was speaking to you, put on immortality, be raised from the dead while yet in the body. You, you heard some of these things. He wants you to walk in it. How do you walk in it? Ascension, cosmic righteousness through circumcision. So let's let's take a look at this here. This is a really short clip, but this is from uh, early my early days, early small beginnings of cosmic righteousness. This is in 2020. The last thing I remembered was the Bob Jones going to heaven song. I closed my eyes, and the next thing I know, I was seeing the underwater kingdom and the sea of glass, a castle with friends. And we were riding around on what looked like giant seahorses. We were laughing and chasing each other around on the seahorses and blowing bubbles at each other. That'll deliver you from religion. Always the bubbles. There were thrones and treasure everywhere here under the sea of glass. Then, all of a sudden, I heard Jesus' voice behind me. Then I turned to look, and I got caught up in a whirlwind and taken to a golden meadow with Jesus in the form of a lion. He roared and showed me the living, moving orb of his voice that he makes like a translucent rainbow that moves and changes things to his will that moves in all directions. Then he laid down with me under the tree and we cuddled for a long time. Just get the religious spirits cuddled right out of you with the lion roar. Amen. He went into my heart and licked it until I couldn't feel any pain. There's that vision of the lion just licking my heart. I passed out in that place with him, and when I woke up, we were in space, just above the earth. He showed me a place near the creation station in the invisible realm where sapphire stones form a spiral staircase. <laughs> I had turned into a little girl. Get the healing. I had turned into a little girl before he woke me up. We jumped and laughed from stone to stone on the sapphire stones. And then he showed me a trick. If you really want to have fun, you can use your feet to slide upwards and every stone becomes one. And that one stone is an upward ramp of a spiral staircase that makes you go up, up, up really fast like you're skating with your feet. It made us both laugh and giggle uncontrollably. Before I realized it, you see, that's how the angels, they're perfect. They don't have foreskins and membranes. They swoop down like Michael. We saw him swoop down in two swoops. That's that gliding. I just want to put this in here because I know some people are kind of crazy and they'll just try to slide up the, the sephirot without getting the circumcisions. Don't do that. 
don't do that. That's that's literally insane for you to do that with foreskins and membranes. You have to get the circumcision rung by rung. Okay? Then, when you're fully circumcised, you can ascend and descend like the angels. Okay? All right, just accurate measurements so you don't get messed up, so you don't end up in Satan's kingdom, okay? Accuracy. <laughs> it made us both laugh and giggle uncontrollably. Before I had re realized it, we had reached the top of the spiral staircase, and I realized it looked like a pure white spine. And now the edges of all the vertebrae were glowing sapphires, all perfectly aligned with his song. That's the song of songs. I looked at him at the top of the spiral staircase, spine of sapphire, and asked him what we were going to do. I could still see the earth from there, but it seemed far away. He breathed onto something at the top and brought the star at the top back to life. He then told me to look and showed me this was my spine and this journey with him was a journey through my bones. As he reactivated the star at the top, my mind sparked and every light on my bones started flashing in unison and agreement. We smiled at each other and he told me to hold on to him and the staircase turned into a slide and we slid all the way back down laughing and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a journey. The journey of the suffer at the hidden stairway of the sky. You're going on a journey through your bones with Jesus. The sapphire stone. DNA. Sapphire stone bones instead of bones filled with dust that's good that's where the dna comes from blood is produced from the bones your blood came from your bones so therefore your dna comes out of your bones if you have god's genetics god's dna that means it has to come through a different type mm -hmm. of bone it has to come through sapphire stones yep. as bones. is written can these dry bones live <laughs> bones that produce life instead of death there are bones Producing death, your bones will produce life. Take my bones into where? Zion! So come on, Buckwheat, let's go. Take <laughs> my bones into Zion Ministries. Here we go. <laughs> yep. And there, you're going to be a child again, and you're going to be giggling, and you're going to be laughing. Mm. So understand the intensity and severity of Elijah. I had that encounter before the ha-ha, you know, laughing and giggling and the lion, and I'm a kid again. You need the severity. You need both. Both are God's nature. Severity and kindness. Severity. Gevra always comes before his said. Why? You got to get that crap kind yep. of cut out, you know, so you can receive more of his love because he's not trying to love on the foreskin. He's trying to remove it and its influence of darkness. That's so good. Mm -hmm. A lot of uh, Christians don't know this, but the, the scriptures where it says that the kindness and the severity of the Lord, you need both to be mature. Is in Hebrew, it is Gavura, severity, and Hesed, loving kindness, which correspond to Mars and Jupiter, which are rungs that manifest sapphire stone, tangible realms that manifest God's nature. As it's written in Ezekiel 1, I saw the throne of God as a sapphire 
stone. Hello? The throne of God is made out of the nature of the sapphire stones. Severity and Hesed, Gevura, and loving kindness. These are inscriptions on his throne. So as you rise, guess what happens? Those inscriptions is the writing of his, his name, his nature, his genetics on the inside of you. And that's truly what the transformation mm-hmm. of the Christian metamorphosis mm-hmm. is. Get the religion out of the bones. You know, Brandon said at Joel's bar a couple years back, uh, and I kept this, one third of your soul is your bones, one third is your heart, and one third of your soul is your mind. So you're talking about the cleansing of the soul, the heart, and the mind. Uh, but it's talking about the bones, that part of the bones. It's really interesting that one-third being the bones, one-third being the heart, one-third being the mind. Mm-hmm. And so... Mind, will, and emotions. And the then, will is in the bones. Yeah, okay. And so, I l- so with that, and I meditated on this, when I first got into Tiferet, I think around or right before I got into Tiferet of Isaiah in 2021, I've written this when I was contemplating that mystery. Bones are the earth, earthen vessels, bones containing the star charts. Star, we talked about star charts. The, bo- the star charts are in the bones. Uh, bones containing the star charts. Uh, stars, you know, magic, bones, righteousness. Why do, why do Catholics use, uh, Catholic priests use bones yep. for magic? Every spells. altar of every mm-hmm. Catholic church in Religious the world magic has spells. bones in it. Do you know that? So we're breaking. I feel like the Lord wa- right now, he wants to break. He is breaking in this broadcast the religious magic spells mm, of the bones. Yep, we break the bone magic sorcery of religion and of Satan off of all of you. And we impart the sapphire stone bones of Jesus Christ, living bones, into all your human Whoa. bones right now. Every single one of you in Jesus' name. I saw angel right there. Oh, man, that was good. <sighs> Release. I felt that. On earth, so righteousness, bones, on earth as it is in heaven, in your bones as it is in heaven. Heart and mind made for heavens. <laughs> Revelation 12:4. its tail swept away a third of the stars in the sky and hurled them down to the earth. Then the dragon stood before the woman about to give birth to devour her child when she gave birth. He swept the stars of her crown down into the dust of the earth into the earthen vessel, into the bones, as she imploded and became a spirit, within a soul, within bones, in a flesh body, instead of being a spirit that contains a soul that contains flesh and bones, the woman, Eve. She was bone of Adam's bone until she yoked to Satan and acted in independence from Adam as if she was not bone of his bone or flesh of his flesh. The bones are the will, Instead of married to the will of God who married her to Adam, she became married to the will of Satan. She became the bride of Satan to become her own independent woman apart from the man, Christ. The woman fled the garden of the spirit and was swept by the serpent as a star into the dust of the earth of her bones. She became like a serpent, crawling through the dust of her own bones until the love, the light of grace, would free her from the lies the words of the serpent sorcerer that had caged her. The man Adam joined her in the curse. The second Adam, Christ, took on serpent flesh, crawling through the bones as a human born a man. He could not be contained in the bones. Mm. 
he could not be contained in the bones. For those, you may want to listen to that part again. When the stars were swept into the earthen vessel, the bones, heart, and mind became the prisons of the soul ruled over by Satan. We became enemies of God in our minds. The seat or throne of Satan in... The seat or throne of Satan in the pineal gland. We became enemies of God in our hearts. Orphans, not believing God loves us, and afraid of punishment, not trusting that his punishment is good and it's love, so that every inclination of the heart is evil. We became enemies of God in our bones, clinging to death and dust of the flesh, vanity always chasing after the wind of an external God, constant disappointment and chasing the external idols, money, fake love and riches, clinging to death in the bones, always being led astray and married to Satan in the will of the bones. Jesus, our righteousness, born of woman, to reverse the implosion of the curse of the fall. It's the rising of your star. Poured out his spirit to build the seven pillars of the internal kingdom and reverse the curse in wisdom. Seventh day, seventh pillar of understanding, fullness of rest. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of entering rest, living in him, in the spirit of wisdom. First pillar, the pillar of rest, is the fear of the Lord. Sixth day, destruction of the old guard, old ways, old world, and of all things as we've known it. Seventh pillar is the seventh day, fullness of the spirit of understanding. The woman, flesh, joins the man, Christ, fully in rest and understanding what she went through in the curse of the fall. Restoration of all things, the end of time as it is currently known. He finished them in six days. They mean this, that in 6,000 years, the Lord will make an end of all things. For a day is with him as a thousand years, and he himself beareth witness unto me, saying, Behold, this day a day shall be as a thousand years. Therefore, my children, in six days, that is in 6,000 years, shall all things be brought to an end. And the words, he rested on the seventh day. And that's from the epistle of Barnabas. And the words he rested on the seventh day signify this. After that his son hath come, and hath caused to cease the time of the wicked one, and hath judged the ungodly, and changed the sun, and the moon, and the stars. Changed the sun, and the moon, and the stars. Then he shall rest well on the seventh day. And further he saith, Thou shalt sanctify it with pure hands and a pure heart. Who therefore can sanctify the day which the Lord hath sanctified, unless he be pure of heart? In all things we have been deceived. Behold, that then indeed we shall be able to do. Again, Epistle of Barnabas. All of humanity, even that in religion and spirituality, has been deceived in all things. It's the time of the change of the sun and the moon and the stars, and it changes through your rising, through our rising in righteousness. It's the full return of the woman, the soul, to the man, the spirit, Jesus, in the garden. Full redemption of the witchcraft of woman. Mm-hmm. Redeeming Eve. Her spirit is willing, but her flesh is weak. So one stronger than you, one in the likeness of Christ, like Moses, like him, incarnation of the Father will come and take her 
where the flesh is too weak to go on its own. And in this context, remember, woman in the prophetic means soul. So that applies to you watching. If you're a male, you have a soul. It's about the return and the restoration of the bride of Christ. It's about saving Adam and Eve, their soul. Mm. It's about full salvation. I want to spare people a lot of grief because the Holy Ghost highlighted uh, the when Rebecca said pineal gland, some of you were triggered. You will do so well to stay away from these small doors that the enemy requires the witches and the warlocks to walk through mm -hmm. because they don't walk in the Holy Spirit. You don't need to get into pineal gland. You don't need mm -hmm. to get into small doors. They, the reason why the occult does that and why there's pineal gland and occult uh, Freemasonry and uh, the Jesuit warlocks of uh, the Vatican, and, and, and they're heavily involved in these small doors. It's because they've entirely rejected mm -hmm. the door of the Holy Spirit. When you're walking in the Holy Spirit, the door is so much easier. It's like the door of the whole heart. Mm -hmm. It's like the door of the whole brain. It's like the door of all the bones. But when you're not with the Holy Spirit, it's small. And it's like, oh, I have to make a sacrifice. I have to do certain things for, for the heart door to open. I have to do certain things for the brain door to open. I have to do certain things nope. for the DNA and it the bone doors. It will But understand the difference between walking in the Holy Spirit and the occult attempts at getting back, you know, ultimately what Christianity provides, which is full salvation. They're trying to manipulate the universe through doors and passages in God's own mm -hmm. design in order yeah. to have certain things through through witchcraft. Mm -hmm. You don't need to go down the pineal gland uh, corridor of nonsense. You'll find mm -hmm. yourself in the occult. You mm -hmm. can focus on just walking with the Holy Spirit and the whole door of the whole brain will mm -hmm. open up. You're not in the small door territory of those who don't right. walk with the Creator. The Creator mm -hmm. really has the blueprints. When you're not with the designer of creation, God himself, that's why they're limited to such small doors. Mm -hmm. And that's really what the occult is. I'd like to call the mm -hmm. occult the small doors. Because mm -hmm. the big door that just shuts all those other gates and all those other attempts at the divine and the robbery of the divine is, is God's spirit. And the Holy Spirit just obliterates that filth. And so really... The key to the, the major doors in your life, the doors of God's throne room, the doors of God's opportunity, the, the doors of God's will, is simply walking mm -hmm. closer and more obedient to the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit. I love this. Keep it simple. You got to keep it simple because mm -hmm. a lot of times people don't have that much deliverance or they, 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 they'll hear something and they'll go on a wild goose chase. And it right. we've seen so many souls destroyed because they don't understand the simplicity of mm -hmm. walking in the Holy Spirit. He has the keys to everything, as is mm -hmm. written. I hold the keys of death and hell, Revelation 1. You don't need to worry about mm -hmm. any of that other than walking close with Jesus. Truth and yeah. Amen. So let's reiterate this part on here where it says, We became enemies of God in our minds, the seat or throne of Satan in the pineal gland. So... If you're going after that, you're literally going after trying to serve the seed of Satan. But I also want to let you know, as we know, in the occult, they do that on purpose. They go through those small doors to try and serve Satan's throne inside of that seed of their soul and their carnal mind. That's the occult. But guess what? You've already been indoctrinated to that in religion. In religion, which as we know, is a manipulation of the bones, whether you're Catholic or not, whether you know, what do you mean Catholic? We've found in our studies in the last few months, 
that even the charismatic glory stream churches all have their origin point in Rome. Yep, Samael. And yep, in Samael. And so when what was that? When Solomon married uh, the Egyptian woman, right? Not Sheba. There's an Egyptian. There was an Egyptian yep, woman. I who believe was, they call her the daughter of Pharaoh. Yeah, she was a, so yeah the daughter of Pharaoh. So that was an unholy union. What happened? Gabriel had to descend. It was like the Gevra shooting down like a reed into the muck, in the mire, in the mud. And upon that mud base, mm -hmm. uh, that's where Rome, Rome was, was built. built. And so it all goes back down to that manipulation. And when you look at Egyptian sorcery, they talk about the third eye and all those different weird gates. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Horus. Without any knowledge about this, you just growing up in regular religion is what? The manipulation of your bones and you being in your carnal mind, which means the carnal interpretation. That's why when you react negatively to revelation or you react negatively to the glory, <coughs> when you're in the carnal mind, remember the carnal mind is at war with God. When you're in religion, you're in the carnal mind. When you're in your head, when you're in their carnal, unrenewed, unsanctified mind, that is you serving that uh, pineal gland. Yep. That's you serving the throne of vision Satan. of the black Sephiroth. That's the occult. fallen angel vision, the so occult. You're doing the same thing as the people in the occult opening their third eye where you're just going to church every week, you know, sing, sing some songs and raise our hands to Jezebel and be bewitched. The dogs in your don't brain. have any of the abilities. The, only the sorcerers mm -hmm. do over the dogs. Only all the negative. So congratulations. You avoided actively knowing what you were doing in the occult, but now you don't, so you just have all the negative effects of blind it. Blind leading the blind. It's called yep. falling into a pit. The pit represents hell. Mm -hmm. And I have a quick testimony to and share. what were they doing? Going to church. Exactly. And Jesus said it was blind leading the blind, falling into pits, mm -hmm. going to hell when they go to church. It is written. Yep. So I have a testimony on this. When I got into the glory, which means you're not trying to do all this weird stuff with your third eye or whatever, knowing the spirit of Elijah knowing the river of God. When we got into the glory, and when I would soak in the glory, there was a couple of times where I would be coming back to my body, just resting in the presence of God, right? Soaking in the glory, in the presence of God, waiting on the Lord, tarrying on the Lord. And I would, I would, you know, have these visions or encounters. And as I was coming back one of these times, right before I opened my eyes, my you know what you call it, that gland, that um, pineal gland was lit up on fire with the glory so much that I saw the design, you know, that little pine cone design of it that they make in those little pictures was blazing glory. It took, like if you put a flashlight behind something and you shone a light and you could see the outline of it, I could see it on the back of my eyelids. And I realized this is the deliverance from that seed of Satan. It's literally... I posted a meme way back then. It was about the, the third eye gland, your pineal gland, getting lit up like a, it was like a burnt marshmallow the in the glory. Baptism of fire will deal burn with it every out. part of you. It'll burn it out. Holy Spirit really knows yeah. what he's doing. He does. So I wasn't actively trying to do <laughs> anything with it. I was just literally <laughs> trying to engage in Torah, read the Bible, read the Bible, uh, watch the Joel's Bar, watch the RLM TV live. And I would do some waiting on the Lord, worshiping God, enjoying the glory, being in the presence of God. 
And then he just automatically started burning that stuff out of me. But I believe he let me see that as a testimony to give you peace and clarity and understanding that seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And guess what? All that stuff is going to get cleaned out of you, out of your bones, out of your mind, mm. out of your um, pineal gland, all of your, you know, your brain cells getting lit up in the glory is what? The, the washing of the living water, which is fire. It's a baptism of fire. Holy flesh. Amen. Holy nefesh. And so when you obey the Holy Ghost, it cleanses your body from all the uncleanness of the world and the devil and sin. And really walking in white garments means you're having a clear body. So you're taking your bodies with you. The flesh is not evil. Otherwise, Jesus is evil because he came in the flesh. It's, that's not what it is. It's getting the world out of it, becoming clear, sanctifying your, your members, your senses, your mind, your brains, your bones, all of it by ob obedience to the Holy Spirit is what sanctifies you. Disobedience is what defiles you. After coming into believing salvation in Jesus Christ, it's obedience that keeps you clean. Disobedience, you get darker and darker, and then they just only obey the demons because disobedience is obedience to demons. I want to also, something the Spirit of God is saying is, tell you about the church of Elijah. We talked about how John the Baptist really brought them all out of church, and but he had his own church. It was in the river, but it had invisible walls. So this is the church of the firstborn in heaven and earth, on earth as it is in heaven, with invisible walls. This is the church where you have the fellowship of Zion. This is where you have the great cloud of witnesses. This is where you have the throne of the Father and the Lamb and all the holy angels. And this is where we do church 24-7. Amen. Amen. <laughs> God bless you guys. Big announcement. Well, we have an accurate prophetic word. Every time this prophet has said this to us, it has been 100% accurate. So I think it's important because he said that someone is writing a check to Red Letter Ministries that's going to help us tremendously. That would be wonderful. We could use it. We're trying to buy property in Florida, and we haven't raised much. It's enough to rent, but it's nowhere near enough to buy or really do anything permanently here, and that's what we really want to do. And God is speaking to someone about writing a significant check that could really change things and, and really help us accomplish our mission on the mission field here, advancing God's kingdom in Florida, the USA, and for the whole world. And don't send the check to Minneapolis. We're not going to be there for three months. It, send the check to, to where I receive mail here in Miami. And all you have to do is just email me, brandon at redlettermin.com, redlettermin.com, brandon at redlettermin.com, M-I-N. And then I'll, I'll give you the mailing address and we can use that tremendously for the kingdom. And God bless you as you obey in all things. God bless your finances, your houses. Let the fresh glory of God and the word of God, the living word from his throne, descend upon you like fire and cleanse you even in your flesh and bones. Some of you have never felt the clarity that you're about to come into through the baptism of fire where it's just going to be so clear through your brain and your bones, and you're going to be living in a fresh, greater glory, and it'll be enjoyable like the angels to obey Him in everything. Amen? That's our daily bread. That's how we grow. That's how the glory gets stronger, the fire gets brighter, and we begin to take over regions for God's glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs>
Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed viewers of RLM TV, thank you for joining us in this sacred space where we come together to explore the profound teachings of the Bible. Today I stand before you to extend a heartfelt invitation to support RLM TV, a platform that endeavors to bring the timeless wisdom of the scriptures into the homes and hearts of believers around the world. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, we are reminded that wisdom is the principal thing, and with all our getting, we should get understanding. RLM TV is dedicated to providing that understanding, to unravel the layers of divine knowledge embedded in the Holy Scriptures. Your support is crucial in allowing us to continue this noble mission. As we embark on this journey, let us draw inspiration from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, where Jesus instructs His disciples to go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. RLM aspires to fulfill this divine commission by reaching out to souls across the globe, illuminating their lives with the light of God's Word. Your generous contributions play a pivotal role in sustaining this beacon of enlightenment. The Gospel of Luke chapter 6 verse 38 encourages us with the promise that when we give, it will be given to us in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. By supporting RLM TV, you are sowing seeds of spiritual abundance, not only for yourselves, but for countless others who will reap the harvest of God's grace through this ministry. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10, we are challenged to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in God's house. RLM TV is that spiritual storehouse where the sustenance of God's Word is shared abundantly. Your financial contributions ensure that the storehouse remains full, allowing us to continue feeding the hungry souls seeking nourishment for their faith. In conclusion, let us heed the words of Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, which assures us that our God will supply every need of ours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. As you consider contributing to RLM TV, know that you are partaking in a divine partnership to spread the richness of God's glory through the medium of internet and television. Thank you for your attention, and may your hearts be moved to support RLM TV as we journey together in the pursuit of spiritual enlightenment and understanding. God bless you abundantly. Amen.